tell me, what's the harm in feeling understood? Is there any harm in wanting to understand every inch of my own heart? Is there any harm in me wanting to understand every inch of yours too? Maybe the harm in astrology, maybe the harm in feeling understood is realizing that maybe the stars don't think that we're meant for each other either. Hello, all you lovely people. I know it has been a minute, and let me tell you, my intention with this episode was for it to come out during Scorpio season. Steffi and I recorded it on November 1st, so before both of our birthdays, and the whole, like, vibe of it was for Scorpio season, but it really has been a crazy past couple of weeks. But let this serve as your formal reminder, because I am so bad about remembering this too. Your hobbies and the things you do for fun are supposed to be fun. They are not supposed to stress you out and add more like chaos to your life. So if you are someone like me who has a lot of hobbies or even one that you really care about spending time doing, don't let it stress you out. That's what work is for, okay? (laughs) I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving and got to spend time with family or friends or traveling or whatever your little heart desires. This is a really great episode for you writers out there, for you astrology girlies out there. And I know what the chads are thinking, but honestly, anyone who hates on astrology, I think you should listen to this episode because we really just dive into like why it's such a popular thing, why it resonates with so many people and how it actually affects your real life, not just kind of like what you see on social media or your perceptions about people, but how it actually can influence things that happen to you. So it was really fun having Steffi on. She is an amazingly talented writer and just creative and energetic, bubbly person. You will totally hear this come through when you listen to the podcast, but she brought such an amazing energy to Gumption and I'm so excited for you guys to hear her stories as well. So without further ado, here is Stephanie Dijak. I've been telling people all week, I'm like, guys, I'm going to be on a podcast. And they're like, what? And I'm like, I know, I'm really cool. I'm much cooler than all of you. I need you to know. That makes me so happy though, because I feel like everyone I've asked to be on gumption or like people have approached me to like hey can I be on your podcast it just makes me feel so special because I'm like I'm just a normal girl interviewing people for a podcast but like people want to hear what my guests have to say and that makes me so happy I love that that's so cool I am so happy to welcome you this week because not only are you a friend of mine but it is Scorpio season so it is our season it is Scorpio season baby I'm sure (laughs) I'm ready let's freaking do it I'm so excited there's not a better time to conduct this interview I feel my power coming back it snuck up on me I always do this thing like to kick off Scorpio season on my Instagram stories I I love like a collection of my favorite Scorpio memes and just like (laughs) share them with everybody really it's just so I can like go through and like laugh at them but I was so busy like I was out of town and like I just had a lot to do so I missed it the moment has passed a little bit but it's okay <laughs> it's fine the one that I'm thinking of is like everyone you know your friend dead anyone that's ever wronged you dead <laughs> it's like, 
we just make it look so easy. I get that all the time. Like my friends that are into astrology, they're like, Scorpio's like, you guys can just cut off people and not care. And it's like, oh no, I cared for a long time. Yes. <laughs> so I actually cut them off. <laughs> people don't understand. I think it's kind of like the tip of the iceberg, at least for me, when yeah. I'm to the point where like someone's going to be, I'm slicing them out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Like it has been a lot of thought going into this process. I've probably like been beating myself up about it. And then I'm like, actually, no, bitch, I'm a Scorpio. Get out of here. Literally. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a perfect way to begin this episode because I know that you love astrology. I also love astrology. And I think a lot of people have gotten into it over recent years with, you know, apps like CoStar and, and that Instagram account Sanctuary World that posts all the astrology memes and stuff. But I definitely still feel like there's a lot of astrology haters out there. I really wonder why it's such a controversial thing. I don't know why people are so against it sometimes. So all this is to say, if you were to encounter an astrology hater in an elevator, what would your elevator pitch to them be? Okay, so it is funny you should bring that up, actually, because... So I actually wrote this lyric essay last spring for my creative nonfiction class. It's called on astrological compatibility and it was this like whole rant that I went on like about this topic and it's so funny because I I actually wrote it I I saw the date on it today when I looked it up again it's exactly a month before I met my now boyfriend and you can tell there's like this element of like saltiness that I was still single (laughs) but I wanted to publish it but by the time like I had the opportunity to like the moment had kind of passed because I'm like I have a little bit of like single bitterness and I just started yeah. this very cute, sweet guy like I'm not gonna do that but I did read it to him this afternoon he was like oh cool that's awesome <laughs> so I figured now would be the best time to read it because honestly I don't I'm not sure how many of your listeners would know this but a lyric essay is actually meant to be read out loud oh so I didn't even know that yeah this is the greatest opportunity I could have ever had to do this so well that's perfect uh, go for it I will jump right in it's not super long at all but Here is on astrological compatibility. It doesn't matter if I'm splitting a slice of raspberry cheesecake with a guy from Bumble, meeting friends of friends at a Super Bowl party, or even making small talk in an elevator on its way up to the 11th floor. As soon as I ask anyone what their zodiac sign is, I'll hear nothing but a unanimous groan and one of the following phrases. Oh God, don't get her started. Listen, I'm not like other Leos. Not everyone born in August has the same personality. My birthday is January 10th, but there's no way in hell I'm texting my mom and asking her what time I was born. That's ridiculous. Or most commonly, you know that shit isn't real, right? Okay, Chad, I shouldn't have to be the one to tell you that the stock market isn't real either, but that's not the point. <laughs> Someone once told me that people who take an interest in astrology probably felt like they were misunderstood as a child. And as a result, when said children are all grown up, they read all about the personality traits of themselves and those around them in hopes of alleviating that feeling in the future. I think that maybe that's true. Even if it isn't, tell me, what's the harm in feeling understood? How else am I supposed to make sense of why I'm so possessive sometimes? Why I won't talk about my emotions unless there's a microphone in my hand? Why I care so deeply for people that I hardly know? Why I like when people tell me that they're proud of me? Why I like when people tell me that I look scary? Why I like when people tell me that they trust me regardless? Tell me, is there any harm in wanting to understand every inch of my own heart? Is there any harm in me wanting to understand every inch of yours too? But you aren't one of those girls that chooses not to date someone just because they're a Gemini or something, are you? Could you really blame me if I told you that I am? Would that leave a bad taste in your mouth? Could you blame me if I told you that I tried my hardest not to be, but I just got all chewed up and then spit right back out again anyway? 
The truth is that romantically, nothing has worked out in my favor thus far. It's not something that I like to dwell on. Maybe I could do even more self-reflection and blame the incompatibility on my own personality traits. Maybe that would be the most logical thing to do. But isn't it much easier to say that it's because I haven't found a Pisces or a Cancer to love me correctly yet? Someone that can maybe understand or better yet embrace all the emotional turbulence that's constantly whirling around inside of a Scorpio like me? Isn't it much easier to say that I can never convince a Sagittarius to just slow down and feel something for a change? Isn't it much easier to say that I can never convince a Virgo to create a new daily routine with me in it? That I can never convince an Aries to stay with me after they found the next best thing? That I can never convince a Leo to love me as much as they love themselves? Tell me, do you think that you as an Aquarius or a Libra or even a Capricorn could treat me any differently? Would it matter that we aren't astrologically compatible? Would you let me in? Would you let me see you? I mean, would you let me really see you? Or would you figure out that maybe you just don't have it in you to really see me too? Maybe the harm in astrology, maybe the harm in feeling understood is realizing that maybe the stars don't think that we're meant for each other either. Wow. Okay. That, yeah. was, that literally, it, you didn't see my facial reactions, but I was like, because you just gave words to a feeling that I have tried to explain and even argued with people about at parties when they've literally. said things like that about astrology. I remember my professor was like, you guys really need to think about what you're passionate about and write about that. And at the time I was like, well, I've written about literally everything. And the one thing that I am interested in, people are going to give me shit for because it's astrology and everybody gives everybody shit when they're talking about astrology. Absolutely. So I just released all of my like bitter single anger out on that. It didn't feel that bitter to me. I honestly, I was thinking back to a time when I felt the exact same way and Mm -hmm. those words really resonated with me. You definitely have a way with words. And I love that that was intended to be read out loud because definitely some writing is very much not even like poetry, which oftentimes, you know, can be read or performed even Mm -hmm. sometimes when I read my poems out loud, it just sounds not good. (laughs) Yeah. This essay was hard for me in particular, just because like, I'm kind of the same way where I'm, you know, I'm a writer. I mean, I am a talker, but like my craft is writing and I feel yeah. like writing is meant to be read it's not meant to be heard so when we got this assignment I was like oh my god this is gonna be the worst but it ended up being okay so I'm happy with how it came together I'm glad you are I really appreciate it and I think there's some power in returning to something that you wrote a while ago when you were in a totally different headspace there's nostalgia maybe a little bit of hurt still there looking back yeah. on it but you can really see the difference in where you are now versus where you were when you wrote that. I'm so grateful that you were willing to read that because I love that. <laughs> and it's funny now too, because I was shit talking a lot of Virgos. <laughs> well, I referenced Virgo, but at that point I had been wronged by a ton of Virgos. And my boyfriend now is a Virgo. <laughs> like a little bit funny because even though we're technically astrologically compatible, I just had so many bad experiences with Virgos that I was like, never again, like literally never again. Oh, um, I... Girl, I get that. It's yeah. funny because I've only ever dated Pisces men. Um, oh, right. We have talked about this. this which, is I don't know why Pisces are always swirling yeah. around me. <laughs> I think the subject of astrology is a really interesting one because people often conflate it with how it goes with the trends, how it's a very cultural phenomenon now. But mm-hmm. to me, it's it's ancient history and like the cultures that have been interested in it and kind of based so many things in society off of it in the past there has to be some truth to that you know even if oh, you yeah, 100% don't believe in like the weekly horoscopes that cosmopolitan puts out okay that's fair i can totally understand that when there were no phones no computers 
not even books. People were following the stars and believing it influenced their lives. So that means something to me, you know? And the other thing too is aren't we like at least 70% water and aren't yes. like the stars and the moon, like it's all like connected to water and energy and all that stuff. I'm glad you brought up the difference between horoscopes and astrology. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're rooted in the same thing. But a lot of people think that when us astrology girlies talk about astrology, that we're talking about, like, oh, my horoscope says I should dump my boyfriend today. It's like, no, nobody. If you think that's true, then like, you're just silly. It's interesting because in my family, my family's a very like women heavy family. My mom has a sister and she grew up closely with her two cousins who are also girls. So the four of them and my great grandma and my grandma and my great aunt all were just always together, but they were always into astrology. And my grandma was onto this before it was such a cultural phenomenon. She's had this book. It's a gigantic book. And I don't know the actual title of it, but we always just refer to it as the birthday book. And basically it has every single day of the year. It's kind of like a meld of personality and astrology. So it has your astrological traits based on your chart and the placements of that. I think I have this book. You I might. It for me recently. <laughs> you honestly might. No, but it is like, it's my Bible to be completely honest. Yeah. It's the one that'll also have advice and health concerns. Yes. I yeah. Think it's the secret language of birthday. I have it. Yeah, I got it. Yes. Recently. Yes. It's been my favorite new party trick when people come over. I'm like, when's your birthday? Let me read all about it. <laughs> okay. It's so funny you say that because seriously, like throughout high school, whenever people would come over to my house, I would always look up their birthday and we read it together. And awesome. there were so many times when girlfriends would come over and they'd be like, oh my God, I kind of like this guy. Let's read his birthday. Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> and it creeps me out how accurate it is. I have my little favorite astrology book right here. This Ooh. one is You Were Born for This by Chani Nicholas. I actually I bought this. That. I was in Columbus visiting Claudia, my cousin, and I bought this like right before I left and I devoured it on the plane home and it just taught me so much. But I was like looking to see if there was something that was worth reading for Scorpio season. And I was like, eh, like it's kind of like, it's fine. It's very like yeah. generic. But I found the one for Sun in the Fifth House, which is pretty short and sweet. Fifth House is a place of pleasure, joy, self-expression, creative projects, children, sex, sexuality, erotic energy, and romance. If your son is in the fifth house, you need to find ways to shine in these areas. Having your son in the place known for having a good time can also lead to the spending a significant amount of your energy seeking pleasure. Others may depend on you to lighten the mood, have fun, and be the life of the party. Some of your life energy may end up distracted by romantic endeavors, games, and whatever entertains you. But what looks like distraction to the outside world might just be your way of working. Wow. <laughs> so I mean, obviously that's mine. I feel like it pertains to me. I feel like it pertains to you too. Maybe this whole episode will be. <laughs> this entire episode is just us going on about astrology and people are going <laughs> to. All of <laughs> All the chads listening. To All the story. chads are going to stop listening. I'll know when I look at my analytics and it drops off after the first three minutes. I'm like, oh, they're done. All these chads, they're gone. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny. Also, I'm calling the episode because do you have a scorpion tattoo also? I, I do. That's right. We both do. I'm thinking of calling the episode The Girls with the Scorpion Tattoos. <laughs> oh my God, that's perfect. I thought now might be a good time to actually tell the story of how I got my scorpion tattoo because. It's kind of like one of my favorite mini gumption stories in my life. So ever since I was 16 years old, I always wanted a tattoo. Probably never would have been allowed to do it. Like my family just doesn't vibe with tattoos, which I totally respect. But 
in college, I always kind of like tossed the idea around and never really made a plan towards it until one day I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to look around in Philly, see some tattoo places that are like renowned and try to get an appointment. Well, I spent the whole day online basically emailing, calling, trying to get a hold of these studios, all of which were booked through February. It was like September at the time, the beginning of September. And I kind of just resigned myself. Okay, well, I guess I'm not going to be able to get one here while I'm at Villanova. And this one day, a couple months later, I was working on an essay in between classes. It was like 10 a.m. on a Tuesday. And I get this call from a phone number that I didn't recognize. Turns out it was... I had to leave that shit in because that was so funny. Anyway, it was this tattoo artist from Black Moth Tattoo in Ardmore, Pennsylvania, which for any of my Villanova people, if you're living in the area, definitely check it out because it's a really good studio. And he was like, hey, I just had a cancellation. Would you want to come in for an appointment right now? I had three classes left that day. I was like, man, I really shouldn't skip class to go get a tattoo, but that is exactly what I did. (laughs) Now, maybe this isn't a great role model story, but the reason I got a scorpion as a tattoo unlike what most people think, was not because I am a Scorpio. Obviously, I love my astrological sign. But the reason I got it was because I am a very kind person. I'm a very happy person. I wear colorful clothes. Like, I just love adventures and happy, goofy, silly things. And I feel like that's how a lot of people have always known me. But I definitely have a more fierce side to me. I like to be in control of things. I don't like people to speak down to me. I have very strong boundaries. And I think that fierce part of my personality is something that is really often overlooked by people unless they like directly experience it. Then they definitely don't overlook it. But I decided to get a scorpion as a tattoo ultimately because it does encapsulate that part of my personality that even I sometimes forget about or don't want to think about. But it's just as important as being a sweet and kind person is standing up for yourself and not letting people walk all over you. And I just think a scorpion is kind of like a physical symbol of that. They have that venom. They have that like anger and... I think it's important to embrace all the different parts of yourself. So that was like my little reminder. Every time I see my hip, I'm like, oh my God, there's my little tattoo. And I love it. It's such a part of me now. So I highly recommend doing something spontaneous like that. Even if it's just writing something down on a piece of paper, like a a mantra or a quote or something you don't want to forget and putting it somewhere in your room that no one knows about to remind yourself of who you are and why you're here and what you want to be. But now that we've had that digression, let's return to Steffi. I think now would be a good time, just based on what you just read about the fifth house placements and how that relates to energy. I really want you to talk about your role in the SCAD connector, but also just like in general, your relationship with creativity and your craft, because I feel like you are a very creative person and inspire other people, but I want you to share some of your secrets or just how you came to it and- Yeah, whatever comes to your mind. Of course, I would be happy to. So basically, ever since I was like a teeny tiny little thing, I've always loved writing specifically, like making up stories. I was a big Barbie doll girl. And (laughs) I remember like some of my first memories are like playing with Barbies and then wanting to write down the stories that I would make up while I was Barbies, which was really cute. Yeah. And then when I was in elementary school, I started like writing a little bit more. And then in true Scorpio fashion, I actually made my fourth grade writing teacher cry because my <laughs> writing was so beautiful. I'm being so, I'm being sarcastic, but I'm being serious. 
this. So that kind of shifted something in me. I was like, oh, maybe this could be a fun little thing I do. But honestly, like middle school came around and it wasn't that cool anymore. This is when Instagram was on the rise, of course. Oh, yeah. Very interested in other artistic forms. I loved Picnic. I would always edit like graphics on my pictures that way and just take fun, artsy iPhone stuff. I always thought that stuff was so cool. Me too. I still do. So no judgment. I still do. That's why like I love my little photo dump account because it just reminds me of what my inner child would think was cool and would post on Instagram every five seconds if I could. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm writing that. I have so much more fun over there because I will post 12 photos in a minute and just not care because I think they look pretty and cool. But um, yeah, always in middle and elementary school, I was just a very kid, but I didn't really know at that point exactly where I wanted to channel it. And then I got to high school and I took a fun little creative writing class. And I was like, oh, I really missed this. This is cool. I love Uh, my senior year. My county newspaper was looking for a columnist from each high school to contribute and talk about student life at that high school. I guess nobody else in my high school was interested in writing in the slightest. So they were like, Steph, why don't you do it? And I was like, (laughs) I like fiction. I don't really want to write journalism, but like, whatever. It seemed like a cool opportunity. And that was fun because I got to like interview a lot of people and the newspaper really liked my work, which was cool. And they were like, do you want a job? I was like, sure. Cool. Yes, Uh, absolutely. But the thing with that though, was because like, obviously since I was this high school kid, they were just giving me basically the cookie crumbs at the bottom of the bag articles that nobody really wanted, which some of them were cool for me to get experience. But at that time, I just didn't feel really fulfilled by it because it wasn't really anything that I found interesting. And at the time I was like, oh, I just hate journalism. I'm just not going to write journalism. But then I had a very tumultuous college journey. I moved quite a bit in my early college years, but I finally decided that I wanted to go to an art school because that was my dream for a long time. I was just at a place post-pandemic, like something has to change, you know, I needed a Mm -hmm. shift. And I was like, if I could be doing my dream thing right now, what would it be? And I was like, I would love to go to SCAD Atlanta. That would be so cool. Like, what if I could get in? Let's see. I went to SCAD, I got in and I actually just really loved my first quarter there because I hadn't really taken any writing classes yet. They were all just your fun foundational art classes. I had to take drawing and design one where I got to like paint and do stuff. But I actually surprisingly really fell in love with my drawing class. I really didn't know how to draw that well. But then by the end of it, my professor noticed that I was improving a lot. And she's like, I really like this drawing. Can we put it up for the SCAD Foundations exhibition? I was like, what? Oh my God. I'm a writing major. What do you mean? So that was pretty cool. And even then, before I even took any writing classes, I was like, okay, if I change my major... Not that it would necessarily be to drawing, but at that point I had just already been to a couple of liberal arts schools and my really only track was creative writing. Mm -hmm. And that was the other appeal of applying to SCAD too, is because their writing degree was a lot more broad. And I thought that I wanted to do fiction, but I also wasn't sure. And with SCAD, they really made sure that you were well-rounded in both fiction, nonfiction, and everything in between. So as I got further into my first year, I started taking more writing classes. And I found this really neat little creative nonfiction niche. Even when I was younger, I really liked realistic fiction as a genre. That was always my favorite thing to read, to write. I was just always very interested in people telling real stories in a very engaging fiction-like way. Yeah, Whether it's true or not. I always thought that was so cool. But I had this journalism background, you know, from working in high school, but then also I didn't really feel trained enough to write fiction at that point. And like I said, I took a whole creative nonfiction class and that just really helped me 
it's very therapeutic, of course. <laughs> Writing just about things that have happened to you and yeah. just being able to tell it in a different way. So I really fell in love with creative nonfiction. And my professor read one of my essays and he was like, I think you should submit this to SCAD Connector, which is SCAD's like online publication. And they also have a quarterly print version of the magazine under that. So people can submit their work and their artwork and like photography yeah. as a print magazine. And then they publish that and we get physical copies of it every quarter. I submitted one of my essays and the editor-in-chief got back to me and she was like, we're actually hiring in the spring if you're interested. Yeah, that'd be great. Like I could use some cash. I'll apply. Right. They asked me to submit like some of my best work and they told me immediately, they really liked one of my essays titled how to be the hot ex-girlfriend that I wrote. I love that essay. <laughs> Thank you. I, so I sent them that one. Cause like, that was one of the only big ones that I'd written at that time. Cause it was for my English class. And so they liked that one. We're like, we, we want to put this on connector like right now. And then I also wrote another one called on Slovenian roots. And that one was really cool because full version of it was an absidarian, which is an essay where there's a little anecdote for every letter of the alphabet. So I came up with obviously 26, no, 26 or 20. Yeah, 26. Okay. <laughs> I was tripping for a second. I was like, that doesn't sound right. But yeah, so I came up with 26 little anecdotes just about like my childhood and like my Slovenian heritage with my family in Cleveland. Um, so that was really fun for me to write about. So I submitted that one and they're like, obviously we can't fit all 26 of these in one little spread for the magazine, but they wanted to include as much as that one as they could. So yeah. that was pretty freaking cool. And I, at this point, I'm really confident that I got this position. <laughs> like I was feeling pretty good about it and I was right. And then after <laughs> that, <laughs> they wanted to publish another essay after that. And I was like, oh my God, you guys are so obsessed with me. This is very cool. You're like, stop flattering me. <laughs> like, I oh my God, stop it. But yeah, shortly after that, I accepted a position as a features editor, which actually wasn't what I was going to do originally. I kind of wanted to do copy editing. Mm -hmm. Because I'd always heard that I would be kind of good at it since I have that nonfiction-y voice. But it's also very different. At least at our newspaper, the copiers, they're the ones that just go and edit everything. Got and it. that seemed pretty easy and cool to chill for me. Because I felt like writing was going to be a lot of work during the school year. So I wanted something that wasn't going to be as much work. But the editor-in-chief was like, I really think you have the perfect features writing voice. I think you'd be perfect for it. Wow. And I was like, I don't know. I'll try it. Let's see. And I'm so glad I did. I actually love it. They give me a lot of creative control. I can pretty much write about anything I want. Some of the things I've written about in the past, I interviewed a local, the owner of a local European coffee house, which was fun. I also did a feature about, there was a SCAD volunteer organization that did murals on basketball courts in the parks, which was wow, cool. That's incredible. Yeah. And then a few weeks ago, I got a press pass for the Monet Immersive Experience and they invited me to the event before it opened to the public and all that. So it's been really cool. It's just been really nice to have that creative freedom because I've figured out that journalism is not what I thought it was in high school where everybody writes about the boring, mundane, new stuff. I've just really had a lot of fun with The Connector lately. Okay guys, it's me Lil and it is story time. When Steffi and I were recording this episode, we were doing it on Zoom, which is how I conduct all my virtual interviews had an entire semester of college on Zoom, so I'm pretty well versed in it, but I do have the free version. So every 40 minutes, it kind of just like ends the meeting and you have to start a new one with a new link. Totally fine, nothing to be scared about, except that when I closed out of this meeting, when our time was up, 
it normally saves the audio file to my desktop and for whatever reason this one was getting stuck in the loading process got to like 65 percent and then wouldn't save so you know my ass hopped on google searching like how to recover a zoom file that didn't save like does it go to the cloud blah 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 but lo and behold it actually did save to my Zoom archive, which took a little finding out to get to that, but everything was all good. My crying was for naught, and I panic texted Steffi for absolutely no reason. So we picked up this interview and it went beautifully. So here's the second half of my interview. And if you hear me referring to the Zoom debacle, that's what I was talking about. Stay safe out there, kids. Okay. <laughs> I'll try to regather my thoughts after that like little scare we just had. But I just love the way you told your story about how you came to SCAD Connector and all the different genres of writing that you went through because I definitely resonate with that. I also write not in like a professional way at the moment, but I know how preconceived notions about what certain genres are or what their limits can be can be really constraining to writers, but everyone has them. And when you go into something whether it's an activity in a creative writing class where you're trying something new or you just are feeling called to write in a different way than you normally do. Sometimes we hold ourselves back more than anyone else by what we think we can say in that way. I love that you landed on creative nonfiction and that you have a new spark for the aspects of journalism, the interviewing and that interpersonal element, because I think that's like one of the most beautiful things about it, in my opinion. I don't think of journalism as like the eight o'clock news. <laughs> but, yeah, but like back then, that's really what I thought that it was. And I'm yeah. like, all that's out there for me. People ask me all the time, they're like, Steph, do you want to write a book? I'm like, what? No, that seems like a lot of like, could I do it if I really tried? Probably. But I don't think I want to just because like, I mean, and maybe one day I will, I don't know. But up until this point in my life, that just never sounded appealing to me. I mean, obviously never say never, but like, yeah, I'm glad to know that journalism is not as cut and dry as I once thought it was because writing gets a little bit more fun once you realize that you can step out of boxes and stuff. So that's been really fun for me this past year to learn. Absolutely. I'm curious, just from my own experience, I had taken a couple creative writing classes throughout my time as an English major at Villanova, and I always loved dipping into new genres or even like thinking about a genre that I already written in a different way. Have you gotten any really good writing exercises from any of your either coworkers or professors or even just ones you've come up with yourself to kind of shake it up a little bit? Have there been any interesting approaches you've taken to it? One of the first writing exercises that I remember doing, oh my God, it's funny that I say I remember because it was called I Remember. <laughs> my professor had made us read, oh God, and I forget like who wrote it exactly, but it was this guy and he essentially wrote a whole book of just, I remember the yellow sofa in my mom's house. I remember the green grass in the driveway like just mm -hmm. a ton of random sentences none of them really made a lot of sense and we didn't have time to read the whole book but it was just this idea of see how many like, details that you can remember and put on paper and just see where they go that yeah. was so fun for me because you get off on all these tangents in your own head and when you're actually like going at it with the purpose of anything that comes to my head I'm just gonna put it on paper there's actually so many ways that you can go with it so that was one that sticks out to me but yeah, that's a fun one to try. That's a fun one that really anyone can try. I think so too. When you were saying that, I was thinking, wow, I bet people who don't even write on a regular basis could benefit from this because it is almost like a train of thought exercise trying to follow yeah. that. 
which, you know, I, for a lot of us, just with the very chaotic world that we live in, our trains of thoughts are just all over the place and things get lost and forgotten. So it would almost be interesting to see, to dedicate like a meditation. I love that. Yeah. And then it was also really cool too, because at the end of that exercise, he followed it up. He was like, now try and write out some things that you don't remember. Like do the same thing, but things that you don't remember. It's interesting because you're realizing through trying to figure out what you don't remember, all the things that you do. And then also while you're thinking of things you remember, you realize things that you don't remember. It was wild. I suggest you try it. It was really fun. I absolutely will. And I also, I love the topic of memory as a subject of writing. It's so interesting to see how different authors explore that. And like you Mm -hmm. said, even with forgetting kind of the way we choose to see our past experiences and how almost as a mechanism of survival, sometimes you have to forget things that were said to you or things that happened to you because Otherwise you would dwell on them and think about them. I think that's a fascinating idea to explore and I'm definitely going to try it. So yes, you should for sure. Some of the listeners will too. I think now is a good time to go in the direction of the namesake of this podcast. I would love to hear your gumption story in whatever capacity that is. Uh, your energy that you brought so far this episode is just making me happy. So let's hear your oh my gumption God. story. Love. Okay. So this actually, I feel like it encapsulates a little bit of Scorpio season, just a little bit of the like, just craziness that the universe can bring us sometimes. So I'm going to actually tell the crazy story of how I met my boyfriend, which seems a little cliche, but it's, it's actually very weird. That's not so, cool. <laughs> uh, in April, I met a new friend at Sketch. She's also a fellow Scorpio. Her birthday's coming up, but she was new to the city and there was this bar near my apartment and she lived like not far from me. So I was like, let's go out to this bar it'll be fun that we can finally hang out outside of class. And we were both single at the time. I had just deleted my dating apps. I was like, I'm done with this crap. I'm just gonna be (laughs) single for a while. I'm gonna go out on this town. I'm gonna have a great time. I'll play wing woman, but like, I'm not, like nothing's gonna happen. So then we get to this bar and my friend and I are dancing and this really cute guy comes and he starts hitting on my friend. So me, you know, the astrology guru that I am, (laughs) I'm like, listen, buddy, when's your birthday? I gotta know, like, what's up? And he's like, November 10th. And I was like, that's my birthday. That's crazy. You're a Scorpio too? He was like, yeah. And then I was like, what year? And he said 98, which is the exact day that I was born. So like, you guys are going to be perfect for each other then because like her and I are friends. And obviously me and you knew guys, we're the same person. So that was pretty crazy. And then he said, well, what if I told you that I have a twin brother here that was born on the same day as both of us. And he's here with his girlfriend too. And I was like, you're lying. So we go upstairs and sure enough, there's a guy that looks just like him. They oh pulled God. out the IDs. It was crazy. This is wild. The other twin's girlfriend that was there, she also was from the Atlanta area originally. And she had gone to school in New York, graduated, came back. And she was also a writer at Pratt Institute, I think, somewhere up there. But she was looking for a group of writer friends in the city since she just moved back. And then so the guy that was hitting on my friend was like, hey, I got these writer girls from Scadamy. You're like, let's go. This is crazy. So we're all hitting it off, really getting along. I'm enjoying playing wing woman because I'm thinking these twins are so cool and the girlfriend is so cool. Right. So, you know, we're all just chatting it up. And then all of a sudden the twins and their friends, they get excited. There are these three guys that walk in and they recognize one of them. Oh my God. They were on the same soccer team five years ago. They're all from this area and they hadn't seen their teammate in five years. They're like, good to see you, man. Like, what's up? So the teammate like comes and starts talking to me and he's like, Hey, I'm like, Hey, what's up? (laughs) 
so he was like I think you're really pretty I was like cool when's your birthday he's like I'm a Virgo I was like oh I don't know I said I wasn't gonna date any Virgos and he was like oh, okay like whatever but he was like here's my number anyway and I was like okay sure I really didn't think much of it because I mean to be honest at that point there were a lot of numbers that were exchanged at bars between me and other people and they hardly it hardly ever went anywhere like honestly it really didn't go anywhere so I didn't think anything of it but we had left the bar. The guy had left with his friends, but he was texting me and he was like, asking me what I was doing. And at this point I'm like, sir, I just met you at a bar tonight. I'm not going anywhere with you. But we were still hanging out with the guys that we met, the twins and all them. And so I was joking around with one of the twins and I was like, oh, like your, your boy keeps texting me. Like he wants to see what's up. And he was like, you know, you should give him a chance. He's a really good guy. And I'm like, I don't know, like, I kind of want to be single. Like, I'm done with Virgos. He's like, I don't know. I think you should just give him a shot. All right, we'll see. The next day, I wasn't doing anything. He was texting me, and he was like, do you want to spend the day with me? I was like, I don't have anything else to do. Sure. And we have been happily dating ever since. So that was, like, such a crazy... I love telling that story because it was just wild. I love that. I love that so much. It's appropriate. (laughs) You know what? That makes me think of the word kismet, which is just one of my favorite little expressions. It means fate. That's cute. And not in like a cheesy way, but the way you described the fact that you guys decided to go to that bar and it was so specific. And I was hitting on your friend and then you were talking about birthdays and someone like that. Oh my God. That's, I love those stories. That's a true meet cute in the sense. Yeah. Oh my God. Love. And I, and that's the thing I never thought, obviously when I wrote that essay, I read earlier, I did not think that was going to happen for me anytime soon. And yeah, a month later, I should have just been a little bit more patient. Like it was right around the corner. You know, it's funny. I won't tell the whole story, but Murphy and I met in a very similar way. It wasn't quite as oddly specific, but (laughs) I just feel like I was in that exact same mode of I just need some time like to be my Scorpio single and then boom that's like right when they get you that's always how it is and people love to act like that's not true it's so I love to act like it wasn't true for a while it's so true as soon as you stop seeking that's when everything falls into place I love that you told that story because it's like gumption for you and your friend but also yeah friend he just was like give me your number let's spend the day together I love that yeah it was really cute and it's actually it's I feel kind of bad like telling this part of the story but like at this point you know I had been on so many bumble dates and I had been on plenty of great first dates but I either wouldn't call them back for some reason or I would never hear from them again so like we had a really great first date but then I just honestly didn't expect to ever hear from him again because, you know, guys have that stupid rule. It's like, oh, like, I need to wait three days before I call her. But honestly, that's what I was used to. That's what I was expecting. Right. But, like, immediately when he dropped me off, he was like, I had a really nice time with you. I can't wait to see you again. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I love that. It was so it's cute. always the ones that defy the expectations in a good way. You've just been disappointed and you're like, well, you know, maybe this is how all guys are. And then all of a sudden it's actually. No, ladies, it's not true. Your man's <laughs> out there. You've just got to wait a little bit more patiently for him. Promise. Is there any book that you've read recently that's really stuck out to you as a good recommendation for the gumption ears? So it's not a book actually, but it's a very long article that I had to read in my story research class recently. And it's called, it's from the sixties and it's called Frank Sinatra has a cold by, I think the author is like Gay Talese or something, I think is his last name. Um, But we've been talking about it because essentially it was one of the first at that time pieces of new journalism or like 
journalism at that point was very just cut and dry and nobody had really dove into the storytelling aspect of it. But this guy, he wanted to write a profile on Sinatra for Esquire. And Frank Sinatra was basically like, I'm not interested. Like, I don't have time. I'm too famous. But this guy like, just, I guess, followed him around and they talked to literally everybody that he knew and was able to write a pretty lengthy piece in great detail just about who this man was and what he could gather without ever even having a conversation with him. Wow. And a lot of people in my class, like they weren't big fans of it, obviously, because it was a little long and they were like, I don't know, there were some parts I got lost in, but I grew up listening to a lot of Frank Sinatra when I was a kid. So I was just fascinated by it. This is the coolest thing. It just goes back to this thing where it's like, he's telling a completely true story, but it reads as if Frank Sinatra is a fictional character in a book. Wow. That's wow. So yeah. So I highly recommend checking it out. Um, I recommend it. I will definitely link that in the episode because I personally find that long article or short story, but up to, you know, 20, 30 pages length to be really interesting seeing what authors can mm-hmm. accomplish, obviously much shorter than a book or even a novella, but like long mm-hmm. enough that you can really care about the person that it's about. I wish you guys could hear these raw episodes before I edit them because honestly, sometimes I don't even know what the heck I am saying. Sometimes you just gotta crop yourself out, you know what I mean? Anywho, this brings us to the end of episode eight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure you follow our Instagram at gumptionpod if you don't already. I am a meme queen on there. I just love posting funny shit. And that's also where I announce our new guests that are gonna be on the podcast and post little shareables for you guys to just get your gumption on. All the books and articles we talked about are linked in the description of this episode, as well as how you can find Steffi and her amazing writing. Guys, please support. I love her work. Which, by the way, I asked if I could share, and this is what she said. Oh, for sure. Oh, 100%. Yeah. com, baby. I got everything you could ever want to read from me up there. This has been so great. Honestly, when you texted me, I was like, literally sign me up. Like, tell me the day. I'm here. I'm ready. This is the thing. I'm so proud of all you're doing with this podcast. I think it's awesome. (laughs) Well, there you have it, guys. This concludes our episode. And I will leave you with this little mantra. Whatever this means for you, whether literally or figuratively, go get that scorpion tattoo. Do something to remind yourself who you are so that every day you can look at it and be like, you know what? I am fierce. I have gumption. And I'm going to go out there in the world and get the things that I want. Love you guys. Bye.